Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everybody? Rad Dad Brett here with another episode of the Rad Dad Show. On this episode, Christian sits down with desert stoner rock legend Brant Bjork of Caius and Fu Manchu fame. Brant's a father of two boys, Swan and Brazil, and a proud rad dad. Brant discusses how becoming a father taught him about love and how communication is a gateway to creation. And he shared his mantra for navigating fatherhood. Be a rad dad and a glad dad. Not a bad dad, a sad dad, or a mad dad. We love this type of positivity on our show, and we hope you enjoy it too. Christian wants to dedicate this episode to Braden Knuckles Sustrick, one of the founders of Rad Dads, and a local aficionado of all things Stoner Rock. So without further delay, here's Brant Bjork on the Rad Dads Show. Okay. Uh, so, welcome to the Rad Dad Show. Who are you? My name is Brant Bjork. And how, how do people know you? Why are, why are you here? <laughs> well, um, I'd like to think it's because I'm a rad dad. <laughs> okay. okay, that's good. Okay, so some of the bands, you want to give a little background to the people that don't know you? Um, I'm a, a musician. And uh, I play drums in bands like Caius and Fu Manchu. And then I've been a solo artist since 1999. And um, I've been rocking and rolling around this world for a long time. <laughs> nice. And you're a dad. Okay. So how many kids? I have a dad, yeah. How many kids? I have two boys, um, 10 and 8. 10 and 8. Oh, I have a nine-year-old, so uh, right in the middle. I get it. I get it. Care to share their names? Yeah, the 10-year-old's name is Swan, and the 8-year-old is Brazil. Nice. So you've already kind of proclaimed it a little bit here. Do you consider yourself a rad dad? Well, you know, being a parent, as you know, is is very, very, very challenging, and it's it's equal in its amount of reward, but it is very, very difficult work. And um, yeah, being a rad dad, it's, it's interesting when I saw, um, when I saw the name of your, you know, of this, uh, uh, the, just the, when I saw rad dad, I thought, wow, that's so cool because I do have a, a daily mantra that I kind of, um, or, or just like, I guess you could say something that I remind myself throughout the day, which is like, um, just, just practice being a rad dad and a glad dad mm -hmm. and, and not a mad dad and not a sad dad and not a bad dad. <laughs> So when I saw that your show is rad dad, I was like, wow, that's so cool, man. Yeah. I like that. So like, what, like, where does that mantra come from? Like what, what's, is it that just your personality? It just, is that something you've learned? Yeah. Yeah. Or? You know, it's just something that like, I always like to, uh, uh, simplify things, you know, it helps me, um, not overthink, things that can easily um, drag you into, into that process of overthinking and overanalyzing. You know, 
what's it what's the saying called like um uh, analysis to paralysis you know yeah. um so what helps me not fall into that trap um and as as we know parenting is is it's, it's happening by the seconds by the minutes you know and um things could be great uh in one moment and then six minutes later it's like it's like a full catastrophe so um i just have to remind myself you know hey you know let's just let's be a rad dad and let's be a glad dad like even when things are really difficult or there's a there's a really there's a blowout there's a challenge in the house you know i just have to remind myself you know be a glad dad like you know this is an opportunity to learn this is an opportunity to connect um you know it's it's our mistakes and our challenges that that i mean that's how we evolve you know not just as dads but as a species you know it's like (laughs) we evolve through challenge you know so whenever there's a whenever there's a challenge I, i can't get you know of course I want to get mad or I want to get angry or frustrated, you know, but I just have to remind myself, you know, just kind of keep yourself in be check. Rad. <laughs> so, but, so why do you consider yourself a rad dad? Then? Um, well, there's, there's the literal, um, uh, concept of like, I come from Southern California and I mean, you know, in, in the neighborhood and in, in, in the culture I grew up in, I mean, you were learning the word rad from the age of seven. I mean, you know, in my neighborhood, it was like every kid was rad. You had to have rad clothes. You had to talk rad. You got to get rad on your bike and get rad on your skateboard. That movie was rad. Uh, that dude's so rad. Um, so I grew up in rad culture, culture you know, um, and so, and, you know, and me and my friends, you know, and then I grew up with them and my musician friends and my skateboarding friends. I mean, you know, we've always applied the term rad, even, even into adulthood. It's, it never stops. We're still 13 years old. And, and so now I am a dad and, um, you know, so there's just this like literal, like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a rad dad. I come from rad culture and I'm a rad dad, but really I also think uh, I'm a rad dad because I'm committed to being a dad, you know, um, I'm committed to whatever, whatever the reality is going to be for me being a, a father. I'm, I'm committed to that. And it's, as we were saying, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And, um, I want to be and do for my boys, that I, that wasn't for me and, and what I didn't get. And, um, that's pretty rad. That's a pretty rad commitment. Is that something that's, uh, kind of, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. So, you know, talk about like things that you didn't get. Is that something that, you know, kind of your, your upbringing for, for example, and you didn't get from your parents. Do you try to like do what your parents didn't do with you? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, we're all, we're all the result of, we're all the result of, uh, our parenting or lack of, you know, everybody. Um, and some people had parents that were really, um, uh, weren't engaged. Some people had parents that were abusive physically. Some people had parents that were, um, gone, 
working all the time and didn't pay much attention. I mean, everyone's the result of it's, there's, you know, it's hard, it's hard to be a perfect parent. And, and what did I say? I saw something the other day that said, uh, um, don't try to be a perfect parent or, or parent perfectly. I can't remember what it was, but it was alluding to the fact that um, parents, we're not perfect and we do our best and parents have circumstances and, and things they have to work with in order to, uh, you know, within their situation as a parent, what they, what they have to offer um, um, to their, to their kids. But yeah, I mean, you know, so that goes, goes without saying that like, you know, growing up, my, my situation with my parents was far from perfect. And, um, you know, uh, you know, but they had their, they had their issues and they had their challenges and I wasn't, you know, getting on the specific topic of, of fatherhood and dads like, yeah, well, you know, when I was, when I was at a pretty young age, my, my dad, uh, just didn't, didn't fully, um, I think wasn't able to really develop a close relationship with me and, and like, like, and just kind of gave up. And, um, and to this day, we don't really have much of a relationship. Now, mind you, he's, he's my adopted father. Mm. So, um, I was adopted. Um, and I've, I've since gone on to meet my, my blood mom and dad. And, um, you know, my dad's awesome and he's a great guy and stuff, but he, it's a complicated story. We don't really have to go into it now, but, um, so he just kind of just let go. It was just like, you know, so, but getting, getting, getting more to a, a more positive part of that story. Like I said, I've, I've, I've taken, um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to heal from that experience and learn, um, about what it means to be a son but also a father and then apply it to my kids now and say, Hey, I get it, man. You know, it's hard and I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up on you. You know, I'll be here even when I'm bugging you and you're bugging me. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'm going to be here and, and we'll get through it together. You know? Nice. I like that. Uh, what are the most rewarding aspects of being a dad? Um, God, there's, what are the, I mean, I think sharing, just sharing, sharing experiences, you know, um, and for personal selfish reasons, I think, you know, um, I always have to also remind myself that like um, kids are never going to be able to understand the adult world. And I think as adults, we're so caught up in the adult world and the, and the responsibilities of it. And we're impatient and we want the kids to come up to the adult world and understand what we're dealing with. That's impossible. Kids can't do that. Um, they're in, they're in the fantasy land of youth. Mm. And, um, what's awesome about being a dad 
and an adult is that if you really, really try and take the time and you and you really tap into the discipline, we can return. We can return to the fantasy land of our youth and engage with them there. Um, they can't come to us, but we can actually go to them. But so, it's hard. Yeah. So how do you do that? Like, how do you personally do that? Like you, you've already kind of mentioned, you know, you're, you're, a, you're into rock and roll music. You play in a lot of bands. Uh, you, you grew up in skateboard culture is uh, those sorts of things. So does it go back to sharing your That's, experiences with them? To kind sure. Of, of course. Them? Yeah, of course. You know, my kids love, um, you know, my, my, my boys love rock music. Um, tonight we were driving home from an art class um, and my oldest boy, Swan, he just kept listening to War Pigs by Black Sabbath over and over. He's like, he's really, he's really discovering Bill Ward and he loves his drumming and he's like, oh, it's so cool. And, and he loves Kiss. He loves all the bands. You know, I was, I was really still love Kiss. We're huge Kiss fans and I love Peter Chris. And, and he's, so I'm, you know, and, and, and they both, both my boys skateboard. We go to the skate park three times a week. We surfed all summer, you know, they love soccer and, you know, cause I, I, I love sports and of course, you know, skateboard always. So movies, we watch a lot of movies and do a lot of artwork and, and, uh, but we also, I also read with them and, and, um, and other, you know, just basic, um, uh, scholastic things, but yeah, I mean, those are moments where I am transported back to, um, that innocence of when I was a child and I'm there and I'm understanding, like, it's exciting, man. You're, you're hearing, you know, like, you know, my, they're listening to kiss alive, you know, and, and I, you know, I got them an original kiss alive record for Christmas and, you know, and they're listening to it and it's like, I'm like, yeah, you know, I remember when I was your age, you know, or even younger. And I remember the guy across my, my neighborhood mentor who got me in drums and kiss. He played me kiss alive all the time. And, and like, I was like wild. And then we get to talk about that and we get to, you know, um, communicate, communicate, you know, and like, I will be out in the pool swimming. And after we're done swimming, I always tell the boys, all right, now it's five, five minutes in the jacuzzi for conversation. And then we just sit in the jacuzzi and talk, you know, and about anything. I was like, all right, what do you want to talk about? And we just start talking and it's all about communication. And it's all about me being able to, to understand and engage. And, and um, I didn't have that with, with my, my adopted father. He didn't, he, I mean, I've had maybe <laughs> as a kid, I probably had three conversations with him, you know? So, um, and, and half of those were probably lectures. So, <laughs> um, it just, it, it just wasn't there, you know, and I don't, I don't demonize him and I don't hate him and I don't have any of that. I think, I think he's a great man and I, I'm very grateful for him giving me what he had in my developing years. Um, um, but yeah, being able to, being able to go back and, and being able to be present with your, with your kids and not, not try to drag them up into the adult world. Well, listen, this is how it works. And now, that's, I mean, that's what my dad used to tell me. Well, you, I don't know what you think you're going to do, but you're going to pay rent. You're going you're gonna to pay bills and good luck with this music thing. It's a pipe dream. And 
you know, it was like, but he came from, he came from World War II, you know, parent, I mean, hard times. He came from hard times. So the world is, uh, for him, is a, is a place, it's a battle. And you better get ready because it's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you know, d- different perspective for sure. Um, in, w- in what ways has fatherhood changed you? Has it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you're a father and it hasn't changed you, then you're you're not uh, you're not hanging out with your kids. You're not <laughs> you're, you've uh, you got kids and then went somewhere else. That's if it hasn't changed you. Um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I've become more responsible. I've I've um, becoming less selfish. Um, and I think really, I'm, I'm, and then, and this might actually, now that I think about it, this, this could very, very much be, uh, an additional, if not the answer to your prior question. I, I think, it, you know, being a father and being a parent, it's, it's taught me about love, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, once again, i never felt that as a kid, that wasn't, it's something in my home, um, love was something I, I knew was out there in the world and I was very curious about it. And I, and I knew that I needed it and wanted it, but I didn't know where it was. And I didn't know how to get it. Um, love, how I got love was listening to, uh, records, you know, music, music loved me and it soothed me and it made me feel secure in, in a world where I didn't feel secure in an environment where I didn't feel secure and, and with parents that weren't making me feel secure. Uh, the Beatles made me feel secure. Mm. You know, Jimi Hendrix made me feel secure. Um, and later, like the Ramones, you know, I started getting the Ramones. But I'm like, yes, this is a circus and I want to join. You know, I feel, I feel like I can be dysfunctionally uh, <laughs> unloved and I'm, I'm, I, I belong here. Um, but with my kids now, not to mention my wife, I'm, I'm, I'm learning what it means to love and be loved, you know. And... Uh, you know, as as a as an as an old sound man of of ours and Caius years ago used to say, you got to learn about love, <laughs> <laughs> and he was so right. You got to learn about it. It's not something that actually is, you know, wired in completely. Like you got to learn about it. At least I had to. Uh, Kids do help you, me do that. And yeah, do they, so. They, do they? Is it a different kind of love, or is it? Or do you, when you say love, is that something you just give a? does it have a br- broader kind of stroke? Like, is it different kinds of love, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask. I, I mean, I don't, I, I think there's, um, I'd say ultimately there's only, as, as Bob would say, I think there is only one love and you're either, you're either practicing and, and accepting and tapping in or, or you're not. And it, and it, I think it, I think these artists like the Beatles is like, 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 like John Lennon, you know, he, he had a hard one too, John, you know, he had a hard up. He was fatherless and was raised by his aunt. And apparently that wasn't much of a situation that was, that he was bragging about. And, and, um, but like when he's starting to search his soul and in the, late sixties and they're already kind of tapping in in the mid sixties. But I think by the 68, I think he's not kidding when he says, all you need is love. 
I think he had discovered like that. It's actually that simple. And kids definitely, um, definitely help adults uh, and parents specifically um, realize that. And not not necessarily like kids are messengers of love. I mean, because <laughs> kids come out <laughs> ready to cause all kinds of problems. But but I think there's just this love that you have for them and they have for you that's, um, I mean, I'm sure you can ask 10 people their definition of love and get 10 different uh, answers, but it's, it's still just the one love that I think ultimately we're all talking about, you know. Do you, uh, did you have any fears of becoming a dad? Um, well, um, yeah, no, of course I, I had fears of, of being a father. I think, um, I think my fears were more, uh, an extension of, like, oh my gosh, I just, the, the world is so crazy and it's such a, uh, I just, I want to protect them and I, I don't want them to get hurt. I guess, you know, being a protective parent, you know, um, and, uh, you know, the world is, 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 is full of monsters and I just don't want the monsters going after my kids. And so, um, and I'm sure I had fears too and still have fears of, of like, you know, I know, I know that I'm still working out issues from when I was growing up. And so it's, it's tough because I'm trying to heal and be a, be a positive parent at the same time. And I think sometimes I have fears that, you know, by the time my kids are 18, they're just going to be like, well, you did your best, Dad. But I mean, you know, <laughs> what are you gonna What are you gonna do, man? I mean, look at you. You know, you're just some rocker who's you know been put to the ringer and like, all right. Well, we'll see you later. You know, like <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, I have I have fears and stuff, but um, they're there. The fears are there for motivation and to keep me centered and keep keep me. You know, just doing what I have to do. You know. Is there like they, serve any, a, they serve a purpose. <laughs> is there any specific fear that you had? Like, you know, like some, some people when asked this question, you know, is, is that fear of, you know, providing, being a provider? Is it, was that ever an issue or there, is there something that kind of sticks out or is it just, well, I, I mean, when they were really young, um, you know, when they were really young, it, I was touring still very heavily and, they didn't fully understand um, this person, this guy would just be there and then be gone, you know, but as they became older and started to become more conscious and start to connect the dots, um, they start Swan in particular, my oldest, he started to get, you know, <laughs> my, my younger one, Brazil. So, I mean, he's so independent. He's like, yeah, get out of here, dad. <laughs> you know, like get out of here. We need more space around the house. But Swan would get upset when I would leave on tour and um, 
it started to bum me out, you know, and I started to have fears that like, uh, you know, how, what did I do? You know, I, I had kids and then I, but I'm also a traveling musician. This is just right out the gate. It's, it's a con conflict of interest. Um, and, and in all honesty, I, I started to talk to my manager of that time and say, yeah, you know, I, I'm really starting to see the effects on my kids from me touring. I don't know, man. I don't know how much, for how much longer I'm going to be able to do this. I mean, and these, you don't get these years back, you know? And I'm like, I, 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 I started to have fears of like, you know, I've already, I've already toured the world a hundred times over. I don't, I don't need to do that anymore. You know, it's like, I, I'm not going to get a chance to be a parent with them at these, in these ages again. And and it was interesting because I was actually telling him I might have to take a couple of years off and just be present and be a parent and be accountable for these, these kids and, and being a father. And then what was interesting is that when the whole COVID thing happened <laughs> in a weird way, my, I kind of got my, uh, my wish yes. because I became a full-time stay home dad and, um, there I'm not I'm not kidding when I say it, it's kind of been a blessing because I'm now on a level with both my boys uh, not to mention my wife again um that I, I might not I might not I might not be at this level with them had it not been this this year this year and these moments now where I have to have to be home you know so it's it's and I see it. I see what it's done for me as a father, and it's it's a really strange blessing. Yeah, yeah. You know, conversations I've had with people, and, and not just you know through the podcast, but in general, it's it's um, yeah, like a kind of a blessing in disguise, and it really put a lot of things in perspective. It sounds a bit a bit cliche, but but uh, I don't know. At least I, I I feel that too. It's you know you kind of don't have that hustle and bustle as much anymore. And yeah, like me and my son, he's nine. It's like, Hey, let's go watch this movie. We don't have to be anywhere. We don't have to run out to, to well here in Canada right now where I live hockey and most of the sports team sports have been canceled. So, yeah. um, you know, I, we don't have to run out. It's like, Hey, what do you want to do? Let's go get some ice cream. Let's we're not on yeah. a schedule and it's been kind of, yeah. kind of nice in that sense. So I, it I is. we get that. Um, you touched on a little bit about this. Um, you know, we don't have to go too deep. Did you want to maybe describe your, the relationship with your dad? Well, there, there, there is no relationship. And I think there lies the, the um, unfortunate um, reality. Um, I have a saying, which is... Um, if you communicate, then you can relate. And if you can relate, then you can create. Um, but it first starts with communicating. And um, but if you don't communicate, then there's, there's no ability to actually find some kind of relating between one another. Hence the term relationship. And if you are able to communicate and discover that you relate, then there will be a relationship. And if you have a relationship with someone, 
chances are you're going to be able to go into creation mode and create, you know, whether it's a family or a partnership or um, you could create uh, art just for creative sake, you know. Um, but he's not a communicator. He didn't really communicate with me. He more he more just kind of like he comes from the military and stuff. So it was all about just kind of telling me what's going to happen and not talking with me. And then therefore we weren't able to relate. It was always about like, I don't relate to this kid. I don't know. Like, we're, we're from, we're just so different. Yeah. And then therefore we weren't able to create anything together, you know, um, a relationship. Uh, there's nothing that there's no foundation there from to build anything upon. So, um, you know, he's just him and I'm me and, you know, he, he was, uh, you know, he was there and I'm grateful for him, you know, providing, uh, you know, we had a roof over our head and he, you know, food in the fridge and clothes and, you know, all that stuff. But so I'm grateful for all that, but there's just no relationship at all. So, it, so how, how did you learn? Like, so it doesn't sound like he was very much like a, a model of communication, but it seems like you you are almost like you know an exemplary model you know with your kids. It's like communication time in the jacuzzi. So, where do you think you learned that? Is that something you're just conscious of and you said, "I don't want to be that way. I'm going to have this conversation," or is it just more life experience and just you? Well, that's who you are. Well, once once um, once I um, once I. I was pretty young when I, when I come to the conclusion that I wasn't having and was probably not going to have a relationship with my adopted father. And then I immediately just went into like, well, I'm just going to kind of raise myself. And that's, that's essentially what I did. And part of that was, being in various relationships with friends or, or girlfriends or whatever. And through those uh, experiences slowly start to recognize my, my dysfunctions and my flaws. And, and then I, I mean, and, and I don't know, maybe cliche is the word of the night. <laughs> I, I started to grasp for um, it's clear that I like to read. And I started to grasp for books that could help me with um, uh, my psychology and with my um, spirituality. And cause my, you know, cause again, like I said, my father was military. My parents weren't religious. My dog parents were religious at all. I didn't grow up with any of that. And, um, and I felt like I needed uh, to, to teach myself spiritual and psychological health, how to, how to, how to develop it. And through that, I started to also read about simple things like communication, you know, how to, how to just talk to people and how to, um, you know, and also because I, I knew I was a musician and that it was it, it, the irony of me being a, becoming a professional musician was that I'm not you know, I don't really like, I wanted to be on the stage because I don't like being around a lot of people. <laughs> and then when it started to transition into me being a, a front man, 
I was like, oh, God, which I didn't plan on, to be <laughs> honest, which is another ironic twist to my um, path. I, I realized that I was going to have to start talking to people and um, engaging more in, in, in crowds and public situations. And, and, and it's like, it's any, it's like anything, you know, there's so much in, in human development that we just take for granted or just think that it's just natural. Like, you know, I, um, <laughs> I was such a, uh, uh, I was so, um, naive as a young parent that I, or, and just as a person in general, I actually thought kids just came out doing the right thing. <laughs> and then, and then you just like, Oh, they're just so beautiful and innocent. They're just, they just do the right thing. And you, it's our job as a parent to like, just keep them on the path of them. If you're doing the right thing, just stay there. And I'm going to help you make sure you stay on that path. I, I mean, you know, I discovered with my boys quick that like, Oh, they come out like doing the wrong thing. <laughs> and then it's our job to say, yeah, yeah, no, I know you want to do that. I know that's just, it's actually almost instinctual for you to do that, but that's not going to work for you for too much long. You're going to have to want to do this. This is going to be a more appropriate and more healthy path, you know, and then we develop them, you know, well, you know, what I didn't get in those developing years, I had to teach myself as an adult. Get that. Um, so let's maybe just transition to to kind of what you and now maybe away from the parenting stuff. What's the future look like for you? You know, in terms of music wise, career that sort of thing. You know, obviously COVID has has changed a, a lot of things. But are you still creating, making music? I'm I'm assuming you are. I'm sure you are. Are you looking forward to getting back? back out there or are you liking this being at home dad and it's you know it's both you know which is uh it's funny that's a a word that a good friend of mine and i kind of decided that was our um one of our new um religions you know which was the uh, both it's both <laughs> everything is everything is both <laughs> um I'm looking forward to spending more time at home with my family. And then I'm looking forward to going back to work. Um, uh, I am, I am probably, um, I'm expecting to not travel and do much on a stage, even in this year of 21. Um, and I'm okay with that. Um, but I will be recording some records and, um, there's a live stream event that, um, I did with a, a new band um, that I put together uh, called Stoner with my my so solo band, band, right? Yeah, my solo band drummer Goot and Nick Oliveri. Um and um, we'll be. Well, I'm pretty much going to be focusing on that. I think this year, you know, because my solo band, you know, my bass player lives in Berlin, my guitar player lives up in Seattle. And, um, so it's just, it's just near impossible to do anything, um, in the near future with my solo band, but with this band stoner, and it's kind of cool because, uh, I think it's really reflective of this last year and this whole experience with the kids, because Nick and I grew up together. We were kids together and stoner, just the band, the sound, the songs, the name itself for Nick and I, it's, a, it's like, kind of like our return to youth, you know? 
So it's it's a real um, it's really uh, poetic in a way. It kind of represents this kind of return to. It's like going home. <laughs> we're at we're at home, so we're going. Staying at home, we're going. Oh, home, you know? right. I like that. Uh, talk it. I just want to know a little bit about Bunny Racket. Like, did you start that band, or is that is that just? No, I actually, I actually, a friend of mine that I met um, years ago in Australia, Andy Walker. He's a, a a talented guy from Australia who had a band, and whenever I went down there to play in Australia, his band would jump on the bill, and we just became friends. And he came over to my house in Venice, um, in, in, in L.A. one one time. I just got a text. Like, hey, hey, mate, I'm on my way to the, to LAX. I'm on my way back to you know Melbourne, but I wanted to stop by and say hello. I said, Yeah, yeah. So we stopped by real quick. And I, I actually had some people over and things were jumping. So he's all, yeah, I don't, you know, real quick, I just want to throw this idea at you. And I got to split to the airport. But what do you think of a, a, I want to do a rock and roll record for kids. And I want you to produce it and help me write songs and maybe play drums on it. I was like, yeah, all right, cool. That's, I'm totally down with that. He's all great. And then he just split. <laughs> and then he started to send me songs and I, the songs were great. So I helped him produce the record and played drums on it. And he actually ended up doing another one. He did two. So there's a second one. I don't know. I think it just came out. Yeah, it came um, out, I think I want to say in November. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And um, it's great. But that's all That's all him. And that's all his, you know, it's his brainchild and his passion project. And um, I was, I had a lot of fun being involved. Um, he, he, he immediately went to the next level um with uh wearing costumes and getting a band <laughs> together and, and and it looked like a lot of fun i mean i had i had to i had to <laughs> i had to stop uh, at the point that i was at i couldn't get get involved up to that degree just because i'm so busy and all, you know, yeah, all that stuff yeah. he's in australia just um and um and to be perfectly honest i don't i don't know that i I, you know, I said, oh, I don't know. I think, I think this part's for you, <laughs> but he's <laughs> time in the studio. I'm, I'm into it. But, um, but I couldn't help, but be excited and, um, about the concept and be more than, more than happy to, and motivated to, to get involved and, and support it and help him, you know, for the kids, man. Yeah, rock and roll for the kids. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a great, great project. And, uh, uh, yeah, I like that first record. I introduced my son to it, you know, a couple of years ago, and we we rocked out to it. But you know, my son right. is uh, his musical things have changed. You know, he's really into the Beastie Boys and actually Black uh-huh. Sabbath, as you mentioned, Black Sabbath and Beastie Boys is kind of on constant rotation in our house. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah, well, the century. I mean, when you're nine years old, I mean, it's like we think, wow, that's so young. But like when I think about when I was nine, I mean, I was already exactly like I am now. I mean, you know, so. It's interesting, Andy, in the the bunny racket. It's like, it's the music's good enough to where I think it'll continue to have an audience. For you know, it, it's it's clever and it's fun, but really, it's that that it's it's a pretty young age that's gonna really bite, sink their teeth into that. But then, it, I think it's fair to say that they're they're gonna grow out of it very quick too. Yeah. yeah, they're gonna, yeah. they're going to discover the Beastie Boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So. I get it. Okay, last two questions here. Uh, I don't know. This one always puts people on the spot. I should have mentioned it in email. Do you have a favorite dad joke? Do you have a 
favorite dad joke? Yeah, yeah, you can share. Favorite dad joke? Hmm. Um, gosh, I don't know that I... Uh, I got to be honest, I don't know that I know any dad jokes. I, I, I couldn't answer this question either, so that's okay. Let's, let's, it's just, this is the last question. It's just really any fatherly words of wisdom to, to any of the rad dads out there or any new dads out there listening or watching this? Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, words of wisdom, I, I would just, I'd have to resort back to what I, my, what I said, my daily mantra, you know, because, again, I want to keep things simple and I don't want to, bog people down with too much to, um, and, and as if I would be one to, 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 you know, <laughs> suggest, uh, all that for any dad anyways. But like I said, it's just remember that you have a choice, even when things are bad, like to be a rad dad and a glad dad, instead of being a sad dad or a mad dad or a bad dad. You know, and just just remind yourself of that throughout the day, you know. I love it. Let's end it there. I really appreciate your time, Brent, and uh, it was a pleasure, truly an honor to, to speak to you. All right, that was Brent Bjork on the Rad Dad Show. Thanks so much to Brent for joining us. If you liked this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you drop us a review on iTunes. And if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at, at rad underscore dads underscore show and on Facebook and Twitter at, at rad dads show. And now you can also look us up on YouTube for some video interviews as well, including this one. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. And you can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime, and in between time, stay rad.